And now, the Wadfam Chalk Pot. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here this week to talk about episode 597, Out of Our Hands. That we are. This is a gut punch of an episode. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, unpleasant to listen to, but in a good way? Yeah, oh no, I mean, yeah, it's it's the kind of art that makes you upset and that makes it good art, right? I, I, I think so. Um, it first aired September 30th of 2006, uh, was the second or third track off of the Into the Light album, and is, uh, written by Kathy Buchanan, directed by Bob Hoos. Bob Hoos also is the MC at the Wits End Talent Show that Interesting, they have. yeah. Oh, I have it written down. What is it called? It's a family entertainment night. Worth the wait. Yeah, <laughs> for that yada yada name. Uh, no, no, I mean it's, it's great. You know what? What, what more could we want out of a focus of on a the night? family? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so character-wise, this episode we've got a couple people who we haven't ever talked about before. Um, we have uh, notably we've got Doctor Hawthorne. He is uh, played by Ian Whitcomb. We've talked about Ian Whitcomb previously because he played Mr. Gossamer, who was the art appraiser. Yeah. Who Joanne, uh, uh, or who, um, freaking, what's his name's, the FBI guy's wife hires him to fake Joanne to buy a wicker chair or something. It's in something blue part one. I, no memory. I can't. Boylan. It's Boylan's wife. Boylan. Boylan. There we go. Hey, we got there. Um, you got there. I'm proud of there. you. You drug me along. Um, in addition to uh, Ian Whitcomb, we have uh, Chris McDonald playing Chris. <laughs> Real stretch. Yep. Uh, Chris was the voice of Maud in one episode. Oh, interesting. Is that the only episode in which we hear Maud? No, I think Maud's one of those characters who we hear like five times, and every time it's a different actor. Yeah, yeah. That would make the most sense. Uh, and we also have Greg Sipes as Cameron. This is his only episode of Adventures in Odyssey, the only episode that Cameron exists in. Uh, but he is a notable voice actor um, in that he is the voice of Beast Boy in Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go!, and Young Justice season three and four. I have not gotten that far, but that means everything to Dylan. And That's presumably true. at least one other person listening to this yeah. show. He also was Michelangelo in the 2012 to 2017 Ninja Turtles. Oh, now you're speaking my language. And he appeared as the character of Dwight in Fast and Furious. Know these. Wait, which Fast and Furious? That's the fourth one. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, that's, dog. Uh, that's the man. Coming in to play uh, flower killer Cameron. Yes, Cameron, murderer of flowers. Oh, Flirter. Uh, now I'm scrolling through. This dude, he's one of those like a million IMDb credits kind of guys. Uh, well, 153, but uh, notable stuff. Uh, Iron Fist and Ultimate Spider-Man. That's a point touch point I have. Mm -hmm. Andrew, this one's for you. He was two in The Legend of Korra. Two? 
T-U is the is the credit. Slash cousin? Oh! In five oh, episodes? Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, season three, I think? All right. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, he, he, get, he gets around. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, other stuff. I mean, that that is it for the cast um, of this episode. Anything else uh, you feel the need to talk about context-wise here, Andrew? Oh, I, I did want to bring up the uh, the time gap here. Mm. So this episode comes out five months after the previous one. Wow. But it's only five episodes later. So my hunch is like summer hiatus mm-hmm. happened. And then this is them basically coming back yeah. in the fall. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we're just, we're moving right along. This, uh, this saga takes us through like the last three or four albums of Odyssey before it, um, reboots. Which was such a great decision. D- Dylan, did you see that uh, Greg Sipes also was on Gravity Falls? Yes, I did, Andrew. There's okay. just there's too many credits. Well, I know there are too many, but that one's one that I figured you would mention. Yes. No, I, 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 I do appreciate it. If he was a character I remembered, it would have been a bigger mention. Fair, fair. It's no Beast Boy. Certainly not. Um... All right, with uh, with that out of the way, I think I'm going to roll the promo. Let's roll it. Holding the family together is not an easy task, especially when the center referee is one of the kids. What went wrong between you and Dad? Mandy is determined. This could be exactly what my family needs. While her brother David is resolved. It's not going to make any difference. Nothing we do is going to make any difference. It's about two people affecting the lives of four. Is there hope? On the next Adventures in Odyssey... That promo does not paint their parents in a very good light. Is there hope? Find out on today's (laughs) Adventures in Odyssey. Turns out we are fresh out of hope. (laughs) Come back tomorrow. Mm. Daily shipments. Um, (laughs) Gotta keep it fresh. Unless it's a weekend. Yeah. Well, Saturdays, yes, but Sundays, no. Uh, Okay. Sundays, day of rest, no hope, refuel, you know. Something worth mentioning that we i don't think that we brought up in part one of this arc uh these episodes are not rated very well on the wiki (laughs) oh interesting i don't think i even registered it i think the last one was 88 and this one's 80 okay the last one's 89 i think that that's fair Fair. yeah yeah Yeah. but on the right, AIO on the wiki, wiki spectrum. Right. This one being 80 does stick out as being low, but yeah. that is once again the wiki. Uh-huh. Well, yes, the the masses, all 38 of them have come together. Yeah. The uh so the episode begins on Mandy watching old home videos. Except they're not even that old. They're they're eight months old. Yeah, they're like from a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, not even like, right, half a year. Also, I guess officially establishing Mandy is 12. Okay, I guess. Because it was her 12th birthday, and that was eight months ago. Mm -hmm. So So. she might be 13 by the end of this. but Thoroughly a tween. she's, She's 12, which is honestly younger than I was expecting her to be. Yeah. Yeah, I could have, I would have said 13 or maybe 14. 
I yeah, I would have probably gone fourteen pretty comfortably. Yeah. Of just kind of like the idea that her brother is like towards the end of high school and she's maybe like end of middle school, beginning of high school. Mm-hmm. Well, also but, like her voice hasn't changed much or anything like that as as the show has gone on. Sure, so it's like, just like she's been in the show for ten years. Yeah. Like at this exactly. point, basically. It, I'm a little surprised She's by... still 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Right, it's the Connie problem, it's whatever. And she, and when, for what it's worth, when Mandy first shows up, she is a tiny child. Yes, yes. And like her, her voice does sound different. Yes. Her first appearances, she is very young, and mm-hmm. she has definitely grown up. But I think it's interesting to paint her as a 12-year-old. But I also think that that's... It makes sense for the show mm-hmm. as, like who they are trying to hit demographically yeah. if you make your all of your characters older than that that's gonna be less relatable yeah certainly that being said her the actions she takes in this episode do feel like the actions of someone who is older than 12 yeah ninth like, grade at she's least she's not she's <laughs> not she is for sure not like emotionally mature yeah but also no ninth grader is Except for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was... famously what... made great choices in oh, yes. early high school. Oh, yeah. Only positive choices in early high school. And, um, you know, I, I sleep so well at night as a result of it. There is just no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, but, yeah, so her mom, her mom comes in and is just like, yeah... Yeah, and, and she asks her mom, like, what went wrong with her and dad because she's reminiscing about all these positive memories. Well, and, and she's looking and being like, this was only eight months ago. Yeah, Look exactly. how happy you guys looked. Yeah, and her mom says, um, like, well, there was a lot more going on behind the scenes at that time, and which is fair, and I, I would definitely believe that, that... Um, you, you know, you would believe that a 12 year old isn't fully in tune to the inner turmoils of a marriage? <laughs> Well, I would believe that um, their conflict had started more than six months ago. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> and yeah, that yeah, they yeah, could be sure. faking it for a long time, because... Yeah, well, yeah, it... Right. I mean, what we've... Yeah, yeah, the kind of the timeline laid out the mm-hmm. seeds of this beginning before eight months ago is totally within, like, logical reason. Yeah, definitely. Well, and even that they could maintain a certain amount of kind of a facade for their children up until that point mm, yeah. that uh, then eventually breaks. And, and the kids are like, well, well, what happened? This happened so recently. And, and mom says, oh, no, this has actually been like, you know, 16 months in the work rather than six and I didn't talk to anybody about it for the first four months, and then right, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, we only exactly. talked in private. And, you know. Yep. So we leave that scene, um, and we go to a conversation between David and Cameron at church. Um, David reveals, or Cameron invites David to go to a slasher movie on a school night. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, aren't they at school, not church? I said school, didn't I? I, I, I heard you say church. Oh. David and Cameron at church. Oh, if I said that, uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive Dylan. It's okay. Um, yes, so midnight movie, and then, well, because the important thing is, 
David's initially hesitant about it. He's not sure, whatever. And then they go into math class, and he tries to divert the attention of the teacher and see how quickly he can get this bumbling uh, professor onto something that isn't, uh, what, what were they supposed to Geometry? Something? Like yeah, quadratic something like formula? That. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is a great pastime, loved by students everywhere. Oh, I yes. was a big proponent of it. That mm-hmm. was always, especially on, like, the how like the day before a break mm-hmm. teachers felt like they were extra willing to like go with this and so it would just you just like prod a little bit and get a rant yeah oh yeah i have fond memories from from those from those days but but here um dr hawthorne is is less uh less bemused and they're doing <laughs> it more uh with more cynicism yeah yeah than, than like <laughs> chastisement than than um than compassion because yeah. i i get what you're saying in the sense that like if you prod a little bit then you get this like super fun class environment where somebody else is chiming in and everybody's making jokes right. it's a good time these guys are like well story time rather than teaching this yeah. is like let's make fun of this guy who was into roses mm-hmm. which i had i famously had a professor who was very into amtrak like the trains yes interesting professor. he was a speech professor so so yeah uh hawthorne goes off about his roses which mm-hmm. he has in a garden competition mm-hmm. and he's taking friday off to go compete mm-hmm. with roses and david can't hold in his laughter and so uh cameron and david get put into detention punishment then we cut to wit's end where uh connie finds out that a puppet has mono and her day is ruined yeah <laughs> Puppeteers get mono, or puppets get mono. I'm not the really phrasing sure. in the episode is that the, it was a the, puppet. Yes, yeah, it was the puppet that got the disease, and I think yeah. that might just be the classic uh, deflection from whatever Jim Henson wannabe is. Well, and and <laughs> she she, she talks about loose. like I was under the impression these people were very flaky. <laughs> so. Yeah, unfortunate. The bad rap the puppeteers get. Yeah, tragic. Tragic. We should stick up for the puppeteers, people. They are a marginalized people group. <laughs> a marginalized profession. Great. The Great. entertainment wage gap between puppeteers and other. <laughs> so yeah, Connie had booked these puppets for a show in the little theater mm-hmm. that was like the whatever you called it earlier. The fan family entertainment night. It's like is it, I think it's a fundraiser or something, isn't it? Uh, sure. Why I not? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, but they can't, so, uh, Mandy is, Connie's like, hey, Mandy, like, you used to write plays, you want to do that, and Mandy's like, I haven't really been feeling up to it, and Connie's, Connie, in a good move, is like, hey, you, like, it might actually be beneficial to do this to take your mind off things, like, I know your home situation is rough right now, I can relate to that as Mm -hmm. being Connie, Mm -hmm. um, and, Maybe this is just a good distraction. Mandy runs with that in a way that's not necessarily healthy, but I don't think Connie's at fault this episode. Yeah, I I mean, 
look, Wit wouldn't have done this. No. It's, that's why it's a Connie episode. Yeah, no, Wit couldn't have done this. Like, Wit shouldn't it, have done right. this. It was, like, if can you, only come from Connie. If you, right, if you, if this episode was written with Wit, it wouldn't exist. Yeah. So they swap Wit out for Connie, and she gets to be not... She doesn't do anything terrible. No, no, no. She guilt trips Mandy a little bit, but only by just being herself and just being flustered by the general situation that neither of them can really control. Yeah, well, and yeah, and she does her best throughout this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, if you had this episode and had wit, he would have had to put a stop to certain things Mm -hmm. and whatnot in a way that, like, Connie doesn't feel the latitude to or doesn't. But Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I think Connie does a really good job. Like, this is a, this is, once again, Kathy Buchanan showing, like, a woman can write good women. Yes. <laughs> Why don't we let this happen more, please? <laughs> um, yeah, no. And Connie is excellent in this episode, and the scene kind of goes out uh, with Mandy. I, she kind of, Did she say under her breath, kind of, of, like, thinking about saving, like, I can use this play to save my family. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's done in that way where you're like, this is just a thought being mm-hmm. spoken. Yeah. And then we cut again to Cameron and David. Yeah, this is this is funny. Cameron's like, you know, the bad friend who gets mm-hmm. people into trouble and whatnot. But he walks up and this scene begins with him apologizing to David for getting him thrown in detention. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's so... Nice. It's so funny <laughs> that it's like I'm the sh- bad influence. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna start with apologizing, and my idea of retaliation is flower murder or flirter. Oh, I was gonna call it floricide. Oh. Or is it faunicide? I think it's floricide. It's they're they're flora. It's not fauna. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Florists. Yeah. Yeah. Floricide. Excellent work here. If we were one of those podcasts that named their episodes something funny from the episode, mm-hmm. calling this one Floricide would be pretty good. 100%. Definitely we could get some clickbait uh, listens out of that, I think. I don't think that that's usually how those titles work. No. They, I mean, they do for me, They're, but I think I really? might. <laughs> you I literally on. just told you. It's so wild. I feel like podcast episode titles exist for me to be listening to the podcast, and then when it gets to that point, go, huh, that's the title. (laughs) Fair. Depending on how it's used. I don't know. Listeners, if you want Andrew to listen to your podcast, call it Floricide. Yeah, either make it a joke or, uh, I don't know, put something I'm interested in in the title. (laughs) Like flower murder. Like flower murder. I I am fascinated by it. I do it every year. So yeah, um, their their plan is that they're gonna kill the prize roses mm-hmm. of Doctor Hawthorne because yes. he's such a jerk for putting them in detention. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get back at him, and David initially pushes back. Yes, which is worth noting. Sure, because David 
doesn't get enough credit from his family, I don't think. At least from Mandy. <laughs> like, he gets such a bad rap, and, like, he's just trying. Yeah. He's just a kid. He's trying to cope with trauma in his own way. Yes, yeah, certainly. And he's not and even... And it's not even... I, I don't even think that this is less healthy than what Mandy's doing. No, I think that what Mandy's doing <laughs> is way less healthy. <laughs> She manipulates her parents to get them to act out a scene. <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, hey, Andrew, that's my catchphrase. Now, no! Dylan, move your hand from that button. <laughs> Remember the cough. You can't do this alone. <laughs> oh, man. The, um... Yeah, we... we oh, and in, in, the back, in the background of this whole scene, we have frog dissection. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, and it's what, something about the spleen. He makes a yep. joke, and... He's uh, initially dissecting him upside down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very it's very fun. It is. It, iconic. Have you ever dissected a frog, Dylan? I did dissect a frog. Right, seventh grade. Oh, wow. It took me till college. <laughs> <laughs> well, as previously established, you were homeschooled. Fair. Fair. Makes sense. There weren't a lot of frogs lying around my uh, basement. <laughs> Then, uh, although knowing your basement, it wouldn't surprise me if there were. <laughs> I would be, be mice, more likely. <laughs> I could definitely get my hands on a rat to dissect a lot easier than a frog. <laughs> my basement is a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, David gets home, and uh, Rachel grounds him mm-hmm. because of the detention. Yes, naturally. And this is when he decides, mm-hmm. I will commit. Flirter. Mm-hmm. Floricide. <laughs> Flirter is so funny. <laughs> You're a flirterer. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So he's and mom mom brings it to his attention that this is not an isolated incident. He's been acting up in other classes. Sure. Which immediate red flag. Yes, this kid is going through it. Um I just looked at Andrew's notes and he does in fact have Florder written yep. there. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> Many times. Love it. <laughs> oh, there's there's another one. <laughs> I have seen three so far. We'll have a final tally at the end. Or not. And he gets grounded because he breaks the rules. Because he got detention. His parents have to ground him. And so this justifies his... Yeah. That's not really parenting. No, no. As as dads tend to do. Uh Uh-huh. Well, at least that one. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's suppo- dads only exist to lay down the wall and ground people. Exactly. So. This is really his time to shine, is yeah. to come in with the belt. It's just, like, the scene is just to show how much Rachel really needs Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has it's, to do the dirty work herself. Yes, yeah. It's. I mean, they, they just complement each other so well, you know? I mean, you you wouldn't try to eat soup with a fork, would you? It depends on the soup, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's not ideal, but I'd do it in a pinch. (laughs) Tune in for our paywall content, which is Dylan eating tomato soup with a fork. (laughs) Pay $3 a month to see Dylan struggle to eat soup. Oh, no. So, yeah, Mandy... Or he then calls Cameron. Is on the... the Oh, oh, right. He calls... 
David calls Cameron and decides, like, we are going to do the Rose murder. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Mandy is talking on the phone with Connie. Mm -hmm. Which is incredible. This is such a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me more, because I don't have a lot of notes here. (laughs) Um, So they're talking about the writing for the play, and Connie's kind of fishing as to what Mandy has cooked up, whether she needs any help. Um, which is really nice, and hearing Connie reach out and call Mandy on the phone when historically we just see them interact in person through mm. convenience, I think is is a really nice touch, and the show support that like Connie understands at least more more of what Mandy's feeling than anybody else. Um, but Mandy is obviously still very depressed and very withdrawn, and so she doesn't really see much like she she hasn't really been engaging with this assignment as a form of escapism um and so she's like yeah i don't really need any help it's fine you know i'll figure it out um and then she sees david and cameron going through the backyard with something mysterious there's there's a handoff of Mm -hmm. presumably henny or something of the like um and uh and she gets suspicious so she goes to find out and Connie didn't tell her to stop. <laughs> That's the one thing that Connie didn't be like, hey, um, it's not your responsibility. <laughs> yeah. She she comes around to that later. Yes. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Connie <laughs> could use some some training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's doing such a great job. She's doing a great job. She's got more raw talent than Wit ever did. Hmm. That's, Shots that's, fired. Yeah. I'll, I stand by that. Stoika, come at me. <laughs> I'll give you a hug. <laughs> Um, uh, Wit does seem like a very huggable man. Yes. Oh, I I mean, new Wit less so than mm, old Wit, but true. old Wit, especially from the TV show Wit, that, that, those are good hugs. You can <laughs> tell. You can tell he smells good. So, yeah, so th- the next scene is... Um, Mandy confronts David. Right. Oh, man, Connie... Though she doesn't tell, she doesn't say, you know, tell Mandy not to do it. She does say, don't jump to conclusions. Yes, yes. Which is important to establish because Mm -hmm. Connie's main character trait throughout Odyssey is character who jumps to conclusions. (laughs) Yes. So I like that she is at least somewhat self-aware. Yeah, that's in parentheses in her article on the wiki. Yeah. So, so yeah, Mandy goes into David's room figures out that he's going to kill Hawthorne's roses because mm-hmm. there's a note with Hawthorne's address on it mm-hmm. and a bunch of weed killer. Super Naturally. extra weed killer or whatever. You know, yes. the kind that makes a super villain. Mm-hmm. The kind <laughs> make ivy poison. There you go. And uh yeah, David is mad at her for going through his stuff and mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, do whatever I want. And I think this scene establishes something very good which is like david doesn't like given their current circumstance Mm -hmm. doesn't think that anything he does is going to make a difference Mm -hmm. on the flip side mandy thinks that she can save it all herself yes mandy thinks that everything that she does that she is responsible for it and those are the um it's it's a very common thing especially in parenting dynamics at least that i've learned about is it's called triangulation where two parents are in a conflict and they rope one kid in and what ends up happening is because that one kid gets extra attention they are given um 
more perceived pressure to to participate and then all of the other children are um kind of seen as other or at least excluded from that and uh so they act out for attention subconsciously they, they don't understand that they just they haven't been getting the attention from their parents to help process the emotions because their parents are too busy tying in their other children <laughs> to help them solve the problem gotcha yeah don't triangulate do your best to avoid it <laughs> not not good must avoid triangulation mm, that's not the only therapy word we've got this episode Ooh. we need to keep rolling all right we'll, we'll, we'll get into it mm-hmm. um so <laughs> so oh, oh man this next scene oh good good line from david once again just establishing his current status he's like man he's like don't you care that like this is going to have a negative impact on mom and dad and David's just like, you know, right now, I don't care about much of anything. Which mood? Been there. Depression. Yeah. Yeah. Textbook Mm -hmm. depression. Yep. Um, Nothing matters. Yeah. We then cut to the little theater where we're just going to have a nice old jaunt, but no. Um, Mm -mm. And uh, her dad is walking in and she's like guiding him to his chair. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, where did your ticket say you're going to seat? And I'm like. What, what is this world mm-hmm. in which the little theater has tickets, tickets and, and needs seats, like assigned seats? I'm presuming, is it a built-in theater? Yeah, it's part of Witsand. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like folding chairs no, on a no, stage. No, no, I mean it's Witsand. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's like an actual, you know, small amphitheater. Small. Yeah. Okay. Right. But but yes, the necessity to sell like. <laughs> ticketed of, uh, chairs for family entertainment night working yes. the house yeah <laughs> we need ushers to seat people on family entertainment night and yeah so mandy uh ducks under her dad's chair places a sticker there that definitely doesn't matter later um and we're on our merry way although while she's kind of taken you know her dad over to the seat he's like talking up her mm-hmm. mom to him mm-hmm. she's like oh yeah yeah mom's wearing that sweater you got mm-hmm. her she's sitting two rows in front of you yeah isn't that so great dad and and dad's just like, kinda like oh, yeah, yeah 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 sure yeah you're right yep and um and i think the show starts with mrs nichu yodeling yes which yes. mrs nichu um is an odyssey middle school teacher okay we've um She's, she's in called on on class yes yes yeah. and a bunch of other of those that episodes. Era yep school marvin trent mm-hmm. mandy all have her as a teacher um love to see it though and she can yodel apparently she can yodel and she also makes her own potpourri out of old tea bags <laughs> i missed that joke that is that is a line that uh, Chris, the character sitting next to Rachel, yeah. leans over and is like, "And she makes her own potpourri out of old tea bags." <laughs> wow. Yep. A powerful image. Yep. And yeah, the, and then we've got this. We've got this announcer on stage who is mm-hmm. budget wit. Oh yes. Some some. It's Bob Hoos, but it's yeah. just like it's like I right. 
because we don't have wit for this for plot reasons. Mm-hmm. We just have some random guy hosting this. And I, I think it's weird that there's like an event happening at Wit's End and we didn't acknowledge Get at any point. Well, like, <laughs> I understand why we don't have him, but we should at least be like, he's, I mean, Wit's End Connellsville is a thing right now. Yeah. Just some little line to explain why Wit isn't here. He had dinner plans. This seems like something that would be important for him to be around for. Certainly. I mean, definitely in his character to want to participate in, or at least yeah. witness. Yeah. Witness? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, the, the... So Mandy then calls, or Connie's calling people up to the stage because mm-hmm. they've got some stickers under them. We're like, we're going to do a play written by Mandy, and I'm going to play one of the characters, and Mandy's going to play a, one of the characters, and the other two characters are, and they call him up, and it's... It's Steven's first, and he's like, all right, yeah, yeah, it's me. And then it's Rachel, and she's like, I'm not saying anything. And Chris, who's next to her, is like, it's right here. She's got one. <laughs> like, my word, what a narc. Um, got him. <sighs> destroyed. Yeah. And Chris, why wouldn't you just take the, you know, yeah, take, take the him. L for her and go up there and yeah. maybe she You know Mandy's response wouldn't be good. No, no, certainly and not. And it is just like... At so many points throughout this, someone needs to stop it. Yes. Uh, the the fact that it starts so far back and goes all the way to their separation. No, goes to the future. Oh, Goes that's to them right. getting back together. Oh, that's it right. It starts with the home video, then they do last episode, and then they do some prospective future episode Where they get in which they reconcile. Everything's good. Yes. So, so right, the gist is that Mandy writes a play that she read self-insert fanfic, yeah. and then casts her parents to play those parts. Because she and wants she to and teach Connie, them a lesson. Right. Get to play siblings instead of David. Mm-hmm. Um, because... David would not have gone along with this for a second. And for what it's worth, Rachel and Steven should not. No. They should bail on this so much earlier than they do. They don't bail on it. I know. <laughs> That's I the crazy I know. Thing. And Connie doesn't stop it. It's, no. uh, uh, this scene is so tough. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it is absolutely brutal. Um, yep, Steven it seems withdrawn. Like it's like it's heartbreaking, and it's like it, it, it's heavy-handed in the ending, especially as far as kind of hearing Mandy's voice of "This is what it should be. This is what it needs to yep. be." I'm speaking yeah. about something real, and I'm speaking command, like in yeah, commands yeah. to well, these people of right. what it should be. Right. It's it's her writing words for her mom to say to her dad. It's like, our differences aren't that big a deal. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're just, we're all staying together just mm-hmm. like a family is supposed to. Yep. And to God her credit. God doesn't want families to separate. Yeah. Yep. And to her credit, immediately afterwards, Connie is like, that was not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have let you do this without me proofreading it first. And Manny's like, what? I just, like, write what I know. That's what I always do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you cast your parent. Like, this, yeah. like you crossed some lines here, girl. Yeah, you, you crossed, like, three lines. Like, you could have done one of the three, and I would have been like, okay, that's not great. You did three out of the three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, Rachel and Steven come up and are like, yeah, and, and are 
kind of on her about this and she was like i was hoping this would just be a way to you know see for you guys to see how ridiculous you're being yes and it's just like oof yeah well and then her parents kind of get into a spat in front of her mm. about it and everything yeah 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 uh, where yeah they're talking about how they were portrayed mm-hmm. and steven's like you know well you looked like a saint i i had to complain about soggy casseroles in scene two and rachel's like well actually that part seemed accurate yeah and exactly. then they're just like at each other's throats at it. and it's yeah it's tough and i i think that this does a great job at portraying a child mandy's Mm -hmm. perspective on this whole thing oh yes of like oh like she can only see this from such a low level like Mm -hmm. in a very literal sense like she is a child looking up at these people yeah not understanding like where they are at and the things that they're dealing with here and i would love to dig into more of what their conflict is but mm-hmm. I also think that it's cool to just get it through the kids, the right through the eyes of the kids, and see this kind of piecemeal thing mm-hmm. that they're dealing with and like not coping well with. Yeah, no, no, certainly not in this episode, and I don't have any memory of this arc, so I don't know where it goes from here. Um, but yeah, no, it's very serious, and it's definitely escalated to drastic proportions because it went from being not something that the kids knew about to something that the kids knew about that was affecting them and then their peers knew about it and then their parents put on a play in front of everybody about how bad it is and obviously not everybody knows the nature of dude it's a small town everybody knows exactly that yeah it's, I was just having to see where I was having freaking dinner with my parents the other night and they were like you remember so and so that you went to high school with and I was like yeah and my mom was like you know their parents are separated and I was like what what am I supposed to do with this information cool uh like thanks for sharing oh, right like it's that <laughs> yeah. weird like where I'm just like uh, yeah I don't, I don't, I don't want to be harsh on my mom I like my mom a lot uh-huh. but just kind of that thing of like of like, is this just like gossip through the lens of like now that you know you can pray for them? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, exactly. And the, and that's just like that's that's a small town. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you're gonna get here. Yeah, it's the it's the perceived interest based on you know drama. Um, yeah. yeah, and Mandy runs away crying. Yeah, and Connie goes to talk to her, mm-hmm. and this is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just Connie just being like, yeah, like, I've also been through this stuff. Like, it is tough. You, like, you need to kind of understand that, like, none of this is your fault. And also, like, you don't have, like, you can't control things here. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not in a position of power. Yeah. They're going to do, like, as hard as it is, they're going to do what they're going to do mm-hmm. kind of separate from you well and and they have to like it's so important for them to do that it's not right it's important for connie having had the experience that she has 
mm-hmm. to state that it's not her job to fix anything. Because yeah. as the kid, you, you do feel like, right. well, I'm a part of this family, so I'm responsible for my actions. So I, I need to be doing the best thing possible for their marriage. And, and mm. that's what leads to these kinds of mistakes being made because there is an inherent assumption that you can despite everything you can create the desired outcome hmm. solely based on your own effort and merit. yeah yeah well and it's so it's it's one of those just many instances where it's like it's so great to have connie mm-hmm. as a character who has gone through this and whose parents didn't wind up together no no a hundred percent and her advice is very good just praying and trusting yeah. god's like will and his timing yeah. and, and and his ways and yeah, she like, makes a note about loving those who hurt mm. you and forgiving those who wrong you, yeah. which is so oh, hard. Oh, yeah. Especially especially when those people who wrong you are your parents. Yes, exactly. Like, my word, that is not, yeah, not an easy, mm-hmm. an easy feat. It's and, like, um, I've heard it described as like, in these sorts of suffering instances it's like you get a bunch of materials and you have to do something with it and you know uh david would take the option of just you know throwing it in a closet forgetting about it and accepting the fact that it's something that's there but he can't do anything right about. but but letting the energy of that thing seep out through yeah. other ways in his life well yeah and you like can't... he's not dealing with the emotion directly mm-hmm. So he's lashing out in other things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of textbook. Precisely. It, it, yeah, it exactly is textbook. And Mandy's doing the polar opposite, but it's the exact same thing, where she's trying so hard to help that it is clearly affecting her in some very negative ways because she's taken too much responsibility. And so there's kind of like, uh, well, if I use all of this pain and suffering to build some sort of tower, I can get up high enough to see a way out. Right, and where, where, yeah, David's keeping all of this bottled inside. Mandy could not be making it more public. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she really held out for like three quarters of an episode last week, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she didn't even know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I like this scene. I like them being a heart. Mm-hmm. The heart to heart here. Connie is so good in this moment. She 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 should be a counselor. Yes, um, <laughs> she should. But like, I hope we get that in twenty twenty two. But it's just it's just like it's a good seed to plant, and I like like as much as I'm like, yeah, wait, you know, if Wit was in this episode, things would have gone differently. I'm glad that it's Connie, and I'm glad that like any chance that we get to see Connie written as this compelling character who can be compassionate. And a mentor towards children and not just a wreck. Mm-hmm. I am so thrilled with. Oh, goodness, yeah. And even even seeing it in the pre-reboot gives me so much hope. Because mm-hmm. I figured that they started doing that post-album 50 as just kind of a, well, Wit's old and he's a very different character, so we need somebody to do the Wit job. Whereas this, it just makes perfect sense that they've been kind of grooming her to fill this role mm. I mean, groom's a bad word but yeah um, yeah well, training her <laughs> to to fill this role um yeah so then we get the next scene which is with cameron and david at <laughs> right. uh the hawthorne's house yep they're um, gonna go spray the thing david's got cold feet yep 
And then Mandy rings Hawthorne's doorbell. Yep. He to- wakes up and is like, I was asleep. And it's she's 9:30. like, It's 9.30. Yeah. And she's like, well, good luck tomorrow with your roses. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's a nice sentiment. If it wasn't 9.30, get the heck off my lawn. Yep. <laughs> she was yep. so mean to Mandy. Like, what? <laughs> oh, no, I get it. I mean, yeah, after... Can you imagine a student who you don't have? Fair. Okay, yeah, okay. I get like, it. just okay, a yeah, random yeah, kid yeah. from the neighborhood just rings up. your doorbell at 9.30. Yeah, no. no. I'm awake doing? at 9.30 and I would be mad. I would, yeah, no, yeah. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what? What's that? Especially because I don't have a doorbell. <laughs> well, I have one. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, which uh, is the worst option <laughs> yes it is especially when it gets stuck and so it's just the sound at the corner of the house nice oh yeah um, fix that. but uh, yeah and uh so then yeah david and cameron kind of rush over mm-hmm. and mandy's like i was trying you know trying to stop you and he's like ah, what, what have you done and cameron's like well we should just go ahead with it anyways mm-hmm. and then david's like look if we do that like Mandy's gonna get in trouble, and I don't want that. She's my little sister. Yeah. And Cameron's like, well, if you don't want that, then I don't want you as a friend. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, because Mandy says that with everything going on, because she, Mandy comes to him, uh, comes to David and is like, I get it, you're not happy that this is, like, there is so much going on here that you are feeling that you don't say, um... And she's going to need him to get through this experience mm. together. And that's what, like, pierces his heart. And he's like, oh, actually, what I can do is be there for my sister who mm. is also suffering in this way. And that's Good when... observation, he, man. Yeah, and, that, and that's when he chooses his sister over Cameron. And Cameron is a jerk about it. And yeah. uh, he responds great like i'm like okay awesome david yeah. way to just kick your you know troublemaker friend to the curb when he pressed your sister yep you know yeah and so yeah they're just gonna go home home together Mm-hmm. and mandy then talks to her mom and apologizes mm-hmm. and they have a really good like honest yeah. talk about feelings and where they are yeah. and what's going on this was this was a scene we needed yes very important to close out the episode um yeah, and it, and it and it ends with Rachel earnestly being like I don't think that we're getting back together. Yeah, no, like it's it, like the first mm-hmm. time she levels with her and is just like, you know, keep praying, but if you ask me now, like it's not happening. Yes. Which is so good because yeah, when you concoct a solution of an ideal result, it becomes very all-encompassing to your perspective and that anything that is not your idea of the solution is a bad or um, threatens you. Um, yeah, no, it's it's great, awesome conversation. I love it when parents talk to their kids on media honestly mm. about their feelings. It just yep. it makes me feel so good. We talk about it time and time again. Yeah. One of the big themes of the Wadfam Chalkpot is loving these scenes and how they're written. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's where the episode ends. Yes, it is. Um, Dylan, I have yes. a little bit of research because, Ooh. as you can tell, I 
find psychology in relationships very interesting. F- um, future child psychologist. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. He's a Dr. Blackard in training. Yes, I am. That's the goal. I'm going back for those kids' brains. <laughs> um, but, jeez. <laughs> jeez. Uh, um, Phil Lawler, come on the show. We love you. <laughs> Me especially. Um, so, scripts are a thing in therapy therapists like uh, just like a script like what you like like in a play like a script yes I'm, i just want to make sure i understand yes. the word i have you were a def- saying. i have a definition okay. for it so uh a cognitive schematic structure a mental roadmap containing basic actions and their temporal and causal relations that comprise a complex action also called a script schema basic- so just to parrot back what i'm hearing yes this is a like kind of parameters under which like things are kind of expected a kind of standard profile Mm -hmm. for like a person's response given certain circumstances it's an exercise of empathy and uh, role-playing more so so you have people draw up scripts as far as given a situation how would you respond how would your partner respond and the way that you write these scripts uh, says a lot about the way that you perceive their mental processes, their emotions, and everything like that. So scripts can be collaborated on by couples together um, to better understand each other and how they're feeling. They can also be proposed by the therapist or the counselor um, as like an exercise to help somebody understand where somebody else is coming from. Gotcha. Um, another okay. one I found, yeah, this is a better explanation. Scripts are, uh, implicit expectations that individuals develop to understand and deal with emotionally significant life experiences. Script theory provides a way to understand the complex patterns of thinking, feeling, and behavior that characterize personal consistency, as well as a way to address personality development and change. As... As such, it is a vital model for understanding both personality and clinical phenomena. Okay. I mean, like, I, I kind a, of get it through that, but I feel like... It's a big word. What What is... So what's the connection you're making here? So what, what Mandy did was, you know, in her 12-year-old brain, she wrote a script of the perceived actions and their consequences of her parents relationship and as a result of involving them in it and they all look at it together they are all able to have more perspective on the situation and the ways that they are relating to each other okay i'm i'm tracking with that i would but isn't like does that take into account the fact that she's wish casting like oh, yes, 100%. It's, it's not like, a healthy, like, this is not like, a clinical. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, she's not, her projection is not how she thinks they would react. It's mm-hmm. how she wants them to react. Yes, yeah. Is that fit within the realm of what you're talking about? Yes, because okay. the scripts that people write um, are emblematic of the way that they think about things. Okay. So her desire, her wish casting is showing that she just wants things to be different. And the script that she writes reflects that and the actions and the emotions of the characters involved. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. So scripts are used as, um, as a result of behavioralism, which is like a subset of psychology that focuses 
strictly on behaviors and the uh, components and factors that influence behaviors, especially in couples or in relationships. Um, kind of, yeah, basic psychotherapy. Why, why do people do and say the things that they do? Um, but yeah, so it was just something that I, when I heard them talking about mm. scripts in the episode, it triggered something in me, and I just right. did a quick Google search to make sure I was thinking about the right thing, and then I was thinking about the right thing, and I got all excited, so I did nice. a bunch of research. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, our oh, information right. is from uh, the American Psychological Association.org, and then the second blurb I, I gave was written by uh, Amy Demerset, um, who is a professor uh the the second paragraph i read is from a peer-reviewed article um so it's all above board and yeah academically legitimate cool all right that has been therapy corner <laughs> hey i dude bring on therapy corner I'm, I'm down for this to become part of the show as we uh as we continue through especially this arc yeah i yeah, I didn't realize how excited I was going to get for mm. Mandy's parents to get a divorce, but I'm like, oh, goodness, look at all these relationship dynamics <laughs> I love. Oh, man. Bringing some birth order theory and all that shenanigans. It's... All right. Yeah, we can. Wow. Look at you, Mr. We could, we could have a podcast. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything else you got to get off your chest before no. we get out of here? <laughs> I think my chest is just about empty. All right. What about you? I don't I I don't think I've got anything here. Oh, get your booster. There oh, you hey. Get, get boosted. Boost uh leave us uh ratings and reviews on uh Apple Podcasts as always, but now Spotify Podcasts. Yay. So, yeah. I left a five-star review <laughs> rating for us on Spotify. Yes, I did. Oh, look at that. <laughs> anything I need to read off? No, cuz it's just there's no there's nothing to write. Okay, it's so only it is just stars. Hey, mm-hmm. there we we've 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 pondered that before. Now we mm-hmm. have the answer. Just mm-hmm. stars. Just stars. All right. Um. Yeah. And uh, with all that being said, we will be back next week for episode six hundred three, the family next door. Bye, Bye guys. guys. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures and Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFanChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFanChalkPod at gmail.com. Out of Our Hands was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Rosebo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick. Hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fan Chalk Talk.